Uh, I don't know how many actually are doing the the bread reading this year, and you don't have to raise your hand to show. And if you've got another reading plan, that's fine. You don't have to do that. We just like to offer that just for people to do because it does keep you on track every day with reading. And when you're done, you'll have read through the Scripture, the whole book. And I've never failed to read through it each year and not see something else or have God speak to me somewhere through that reading. Just You ever look at that? You ever notice that? And, and a few weeks ago, just uh, in those first few weeks of starting off reading, right in that very first book, God uh, just pointed something out to me spoke to me on it and I thought man that's good maybe I'll preach that one day and he said today you will I said okay that's it so if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Genesis chapter 22 I told you all the way at that, that, that front book the beginning a little, a little past creation but still in the front Oh, going to talk about that father of faith for a moment. The scripture says Abraham is the father of us all. And as a father, he had to learn some things. Uh, the ability to be a father was there, but it would never manifest without God. I think there's a lot of things that we need to realize we need God. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So uh, people trying to, to fill roles that God created without God, it's, it's a tough gig. You want the Lord. Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. It means he tried him. And he said unto him, Abraham... Abraham answered, Behold, here I am. And God said to him, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. I want to talk to us tonight on this subject for just a few moments. Trust God with it. Trust God with it. Let's pray for the message tonight. Lord, we love you so much. You're so good to us, God, and we thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Lord. And God, just lead us. Let us hear what the Spirit would say tonight. And God, help us to be better, Lord, to get a zeal to serve you and Walk upright before you, Lord. Touch our lives with your word tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise before you're seated tonight. You can be seated. Thank you for standing tonight. Thank you to our music. Thank you, darling, for playing and singing. Trust God with it. There is no place for being timid in working for the kingdom. You're going to have to learn to trust God with it. Walking this walk of following the Lord to become whatever he's wanting to make of you is not something that you want to take lightly. 
you want to trust God with it. Abraham was chosen by God and called by God and made God made promises to Abraham, things that I'm sure Abraham was excited about. He didn't have an exact timeline. I'm sure he did not think that it would be as long as God let it be. Uh, Abraham was a hundred when Isaac was born. But when you read this, this instruction that God gives Abraham, take your son. I like how God said it's your only son, yet he did have another son, and Isaac had an older brother, Ishmael. But this was the only son that the promise and the covenant was coming to. Isaac was special. And he knew that Abraham loved him because he said, Take your only son Isaac, whom you love. And then I want you to drop him off at Bible college. Take him to the temple and dedicate him to me. He said, I want you to take him and take him up in this mountain and then offer him for a burnt offering. If you've read about burnt offerings and how that works, you would realize he's asking Abraham to kill his son before he sets him on fire. Well, that's just not words that really ring out with when you become a parent. Because once you become a parent, you become protective. <laughs> you know, it, words like protect, preserve, ensure, care for. That's the words that we use when we talk about things we love and things that we cherish. And uh, that's the attitude we have toward things that have value in our life. It's definitely not sacrifice and burnt offering. <laughs> we may have wanted to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, we repented of it later. No, 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 no. Listen, the thing is, is I was reading this scripture one morning and just going through it and then thinking about what I had read and, and the Lord just kind of nudged me and said, you know, you can trust me with things you love. And I began to think about how much Abraham loved Isaac and what Isaac meant to him and uh, how uh, the promises of God were tied up in Isaac and the covenant was tied up in Isaac, and, and Isaac's son Jacob is where the 12 tribes of Israel would, would come from, and from those 12 tribes, uh, our Savior would find his way into this world. So I realized how valuable Isaac was to Abraham. There was nothing that Abraham loved more on this earth than the child of his old age, the miracle that God himself had provided but what Abraham knew is what we have to learn is that I can trust God with it. There's a lot of gifts that are giving. I just say it like this. The scripture says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, all those that are far off. It's a gift. The gift of eternal life. The gift of salvation. God has given us exceeding great and precious promises. And in that 
giving of the Spirit, there's the fruit of the Spirit, and there's the gifts of the Spirit that are all contained in that, and yet we so, so often see so little of it used because we're so afraid to maybe we might break what God gave us. We might uh, embarrass God. I don't know what, why we hold back, but we do. And we love what God's given us, and yet we're trying to protect it and cover it and ensure it and make sure that it nothing happens. We don't want to scratch up the Holy Ghost. You know, we don't want to dent it. And God's saying, listen, give it to me. Trust me with it. Uh, you can trust me with things that you love. You know, so many times we don't want to uh, take this, what we've got, and give it to other people, but... but God's like, look, trust me with the things you love. Trust me with your family. Trust me with your wife, with your husband. Trust me with your children. You know, people, I don't want my husband to get hurt. I don't want my wife to get hurt. I don't want my kids to get hurt. God's saying, just trust me with them. I don't want my friends to, to get hurt by this, or I don't want to mess something up. Just trust me with these things that I've placed in your life. You know, God has put people in your life. And then we're, we, we get so afraid to talk about the Lord and what he's done. But he's like, just trust me with it. I, I, I put that in you so you can. What does the scripture even say? It says, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. But yet... We're afraid to witness sometimes. We're afraid to talk about it sometimes. Maybe we feel like we'll kill it. if you know, We're not sure. But God, I don't know if I can do that, but you can. You've got to learn to trust God with things that you love. And, and the thing that Abraham was going to have to do is he was going to have to trust God with Isaac. And he was going to have to do some things that he maybe didn't want to do. Well, not maybe. I know he didn't want to do it. But he trusted God with it. And he knew that I'll have to take my hand off of it and simply trust God with it. That's hard for us. But you're going to have to learn to just sometimes give it to God and then take your hand off of it. Do what God said to do with it and then let God work it all out. Let God be the master of it. And Abraham knew I can trust God with this. But as people, we are so afraid of the things that, to lose the things that God has given us or to disappoint God with the things that God gave us. That's the whole hey, part of the, the story, the parable of the talents, is that the master was handing out talents. He gave one five, he gave one two, and he gave another guy one. And that one guy, he, out of his own mouth, he said, I was afraid. He was afraid of his master. He buried that talent. And he was maybe he was afraid of losing it, afraid of misusing it or it not giving a return. So he said, I'm not going to take any chances with what God has given me. But the other two trusted that what the master gave will always work if you use it in service to him. If he gives it, it's for a reason. It will grow. It will bless. It will promote. You can trust God with it. And when you don't trust God with it, when you hide it, when you bury it deep, when you sit on it because you think, I'll give it to him bright and shiny and brand new, 
He says, you wicked and slothful servant. He said, take that away from him and give it to the one that's already got ten. He said, give it to him. Because the guy that had five doubled, he said, he's, here's ten talents. He said, give that one to him. Now he's got 11. He's got more than he ever had. But, but that, you, you never hold on to it if you bury it. It never gets better if you bury it. You've got to trust God with it. You can't look at uh, your limitations. You can't look at your shortcomings. You can't examine yourself and say, I'm not good enough. If God entrusted you with it, he knows it'll work. The Bible says that that master gave talents according to their several abilities. He said he knew, hey, I know you can't do nothing with five, so I gave you one. But I know you can work with one. Man, be willing to trust God with the one or the two or the five or whatever it is he gives. You can trust God with it. Trust him with what you love. You can trust him with your promise. Give it to him. You'll never, ever be disappointed. And so Abraham, he did. You know the story. He takes Isaac to that mountain. And he, he does exactly what God says to do. The writer in Hebrews, Hebrews relates this story like this. In Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19. He said that by faith, Abraham... When he was tried, he offered up Isaac. Number one, any time God is, is asking you to do something, have faith. If you had faith enough to receive the promise, then have faith enough to use the promise. Hello? If you have enough faith in God that you could receive a calling, a gift, a promise from him, a blessing from him, then you need to make sure that you have enough faith to use what God gave you. Shame on us for receiving gifts and hoarding them and hiding them and not using them. We need to have faith also in what God's able to do. So he said when Abraham, by faith, it starts out, Abraham, when he was tried, he didn't lose his faith when God asked him to do something hard. He didn't lose his trust in God. But he said he uh, offered up Isaac and that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. So even the writer says this is his only son. It's the only son that mattered. It was the only son that had the promise. It was the only son that had the covenant. It was the son of value uh, to God's people. And so he said, uh, in this Isaac, your seed will be called. And then verse 19, it says that Abraham accounted that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So he said, I know that if God gave me this, he did not give it to me to rob me of it. God does not tempt us with evil. God does not try us so we can fall and, and falter. If God asks you to take that thing he gave you, let me, let me have that for a minute, that thing I gave you. Let me have it for a minute or go do this with it. And you're like, that will kill what you gave me. Then you've got to believe that God could raise it back up from the dead. And that was why Isaac uh, or Abraham was successful and, and he could trust God with what he loved because he knew that, hey, God can raise him from the dead. If God can cause him to spring forth from one that is as good as dead, 
and he can raise him from the dead. And so uh, you never read about it. It says Abraham did not stagger at the promises, and, and he never uh, doubted God. He didn't fight God over this. He just he didn't go talking about it, crying about it, whining about it, getting advice about it. He just loaded up all the stuff they needed and headed out, just like he had done before when the Lord said, get up and get out of this land and go to where I tell you. He knew that when you will just listen to the voice of God, that God will take you to places where you're going to be blessed, where you're going to see a miracle. He'll take you to a place of provision. And that's exactly what he did. Because you'll, you'll never trust God with that precious gift that God won't take care of it. God's not here to rob you. He's not here to destroy you. He's not here to hurt you. And, and you can trust God with the things that are precious in your life and the things that you love. But, but when you try to hold on to them, you say, I, I, God, I'll take care of this. You know, Abraham said, the, Isaac recognized we're going somewhere, but we're missing something. Where's that, where's that, that, that lamb at? He said, son, God will provide. God's going to provide. And I was just looking around and said, well, I don't know from where because this is pretty barren. You know, we're going up this mountain. I don't see no flock of sheep nowhere. You know, where are you going to find a sacrifice at? Man, I guess he could say, well, my daddy's got some faith because I don't see nothing. But it wasn't long that after he got him up on the altar and he pulled that knife back and that angel of the Lord said, don't hurt him. Don't harm that child. He said, because now I know you fear the Lord because you would not withhold that son that you love so much. And he turned around and looked, and there was that ram hung up in the bush. There's a sacrifice, and they offered it up and worshiped God there. And God blessed, and Isaac was the promise, and then uh, Isaac was that seed. And then here came the Jacob, which was Israel, and here comes the 12 tribes. And, and now we see uh, Christ coming down the line. All these things happened because Abraham would trust God. He trusted God with what he had given him. And it's like that in the scripture over and over again. Every time somebody's got something that's precious or dear, uh, it's put to the test. Will you use it for God? And when you use it for God, it always blesses. And it always works. And it provides things beyond your wildest dreams. In 1 Kings chapter 17, 12 through 14, we're reading about Elijah. Elijah's hungry. Want something to eat. His food's scarce. He finds this woman that's, uh, she's a widow. She's got a son. And, and he asked her in verse 20, he said, hey, as the Lord thy God liveth. Or he said, make me some bread. And the woman answered him. She said, as the Lord thy God liveth. I don't have a cake of bread. I got a handful of meal in a barrel. And I got a little oil in a cruise. I'm gathering two sticks. I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said, well, fear not. Go and do as you said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me. After that, make for you and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, and the cruise oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did, according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Listen, that meal and that oil was valuable to that woman she loved her son and her son was starving and she was going to at least give him one last meal 
do what a mother does, take care of her child. And, and she's ready to, to eat this last meal with him and then lay down with that son until they both just expire from this earth. And, and Elijah's like, I hear you. Go ahead and do what you're talking about, but feed me first. Fellow, I ain't taking, you know, we'd be like, I ain't taking bread out of my kid's mouth. But he's saying, if you'll make this for me first, here's what God will do. And she trusted God with what she loved. She believed that God was able to do what this man of God was telling. And, and he told her, he said, go do what you said. You don't stop doing. You just put God first. When, it's, when, when, when God uh, asks you for something, you don't freeze and stand still and don't move and quit working for him. You keep on doing it. Just put God first. First in everything. First in your home. First on your job. First in your school. First in your marriage. First with your children. Whatever it is, put God first. And he said, and then make it for me and then y'all eat. Now she already said there, wasn't, there was only enough for her and her son. I don't know, maybe if Elijah's like most church folks, we like to eat. I imagine that biscuit she was about to make wasn't going to be enough once he ate that. And for the boy and the girl too, or the woman too. Although, but he said, you go ahead, bring it to me first, and then make something for you and your son. You'll never give what you've got to God and be, then be left without anything for yourself. Oh, if I get rid of this, I, you know, this is all I got left. You know, it, it, that's, with you. that's why we talk about when we're, when we're given our statement of faith. You know, you'll never give and it not be given back. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. Oh, this is, you know, I've heard testimony and you have over and over. Man, that was a, we was in a service. God moved on me. Give that, that $100 bill that's in your pocket. That's all I got for the rest of the week. But God, you said do it, so I'll do it. And they gave it. Before they got out the door, somebody walked up to them and said, Hey, I just feel like blessing you tonight and handed them like $300. They're like, Wow, you know what? This is three times what I had uh, when I came in here. Because they just listened and they trusted God with it. And so he's, he said, You go ahead, fix that food for me first, and then go ahead and fix, because you're not going to do without. God's, I'm not going to sit here and eat all your food and you starve to death. God's not going to let that happen. Trust God with it. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen his seed begging bread. I know that the Scripture says that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And listen, she didn't just eat. She, he didn't, she didn't know what was going to happen, but she did eat. And then she ate the next day. And she ate the next day. Not just her and her son, but Elijah too. They just kept on eating and kept on eating and kept on eating because just like God said, you might be scraping the bottom of the barrel, but you ain't going to run out. There'll always be something. There'll always be something if you'll just trust me with it. You've got to trust God with it. And, and we've got to learn what these people in the scriptures knew. That's, you know, boy, they just saw miracles and miracles. They just trusted God. That, that great cloud of witnesses is not made up of superheroes. It's made up of ordinary people who just believed that God would provide. It was, it, it, they weren't something more special than anybody else. They simply had faith in God. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that if they were still writing the Scripture, a lot of people we know might be in that book. 
well, they're not anybody. They're, they're just like everybody else. They had faith in God. God blessed. God moved. God used them. And that's, that's all Elijah was like, hey, I'm a prophet. I'm a man of God. I'm just going to listen to what God says. And this woman, don't even tell her name. But we all know who she is because we know she trusted God. And, and God just kept on doing stuff like that. He did it for Elisha. Elisha was a man of God. He was a prophet for Israel. And he runs into a widow woman has got some problems. She said, they're coming to take my kids away. Now, you know, my, my husband, he, he, he served and he feared the Lord. And, and uh, now he's gone and dead. And now they want to take my children away and lock them up because I can't pay. And, and I don't know what to do. And, and I love my children. And I don't know. He said, well, what do you got in your house? And 2 Kings 4, she said, all I have. In verse 2, she said, I don't have anything in this house but a pot of oil. That's all she had. You know how valuable that one pot of oil was to her? Because we know that oil can be sold for money. And so uh, he said, well, look, I'll tell you what you do. Get, you, get these kids. Go borrow all kind of vessels. Don't, don't worry about it. Just borrow as many as you can get. Don't borrow a few. Get a bunch. Get everything you can get. When they get back, in verse 4, he says, shut the door. And start, take that one little thing of oil you got and start pouring. And, man, she's pouring. And pouring and pouring. And this thing never changed sizes. There was nobody refilling it. She just kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring, and kept pouring until finally they said, I need one more vessel. That's it. They need more vessels. And the oil stopped. And she didn't just get her kids, pay, get her debts paid off so her kids could miss jail. She had enough to live on. And you know what else she still had? She still had the original bottle because God didn't take what it provided and said you you can use it and use it and use it and it'll always be there when you trust God with it she could be like look that's all I got and there ain't no way I'm fixing to try this will not pour into many vessels it will if you trust God naturally it can only pour into another bottle that's the same size as this not if you trust God I like to think that maybe they just rolled a big old rain barrel one time. You know, I don't. Hey, you said, well, it was probably. How do you know? We wasn't there. So I, I, I just like to think it's about a 55-gallon drum. And she's just, for about an hour. Why not? Why not? Because it could happen. Maybe some of them was the size of a Dixie cup. Man, maybe they was boring thimbles and I don't know what else. But let me tell you, whatever size it was, God filled it. But only because she trusted God with what she had. She said, I only have this oil. He said, well, all I've got, all you got is what God gave you. I got the Holy Ghost. What do you got in this, in this temple? What do you got in that house? Well, I got this treasure in an earthen vessel. And how come we're not using it? Why aren't we reaching the world? Why aren't we praying for the sick? Why aren't we laying hands on people? Why aren't we using what God gave us? Because when we'll take what's here, God's going to bless it exceedingly, abundantly above whatever I can ask or think. I love the Lord. I love what I've got. I've got to learn I can trust God with it. He gave it. He gave Hey, Isaac never exists without God. And God's like, look, you trusted me enough to give him to you. 
You don't tell me you can't trust me with him. We trusted God enough to fill us with it. Now we can't trust God with it. We can't trust God to lead us and guide us in the right place and do the right things. And you know, We've got to trust God with it. Even in the New Testament, in John chapter 6, we know the story of the multitude that was fed. And in John chapter 6 and verse uh, 9, well, that ain't John. Hold on here. Let's check where I'm at. John chapter 6 and verse 9, uh, they had been talking about, uh, you know, we're in a place and we got a lot of people here and we need some food. And Philip said, man, you couldn't, if we had 200 penny worth of bread, which I don't know how much 200 penny worth is, sounds like a lot. He said, it's not sufficient for them that everybody could just get a little, that everybody just get a little hand, a you know, little pinch of bread. And so Peter said, well, we got a little, we got a kid over here. I bet that kid was probably high. Let me hide this lunch. There's a lot of hungry people around here. Hey, what you got there? Uh, my mom made me a lunch. It's five barley loaves and just two little old fishes just talking it down, you know, because it ain't, it ain't you would be interested in this. It's just, uh, it, it, even said, but what are they among so many? I mean, you know, that's just enough for me to eat. Everybody else got hungry eyes looking around. I, I think you know, hey, that, that food was valuable. It meant something. It's, it's the difference between me being hungry today or, you know, not being hungry. I, I, I want my food. And, but the Lord said, let's just sit everybody down. And that kid trusted Jesus with what he had. And they took that. And it says Jesus took the loaves, the loaves, the loaves. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what loaves are. Loaves. He took the loaves and the fashes. And he distributed unto the disciples. And then the disciples, they were, they were sit down. And, and then it says, they took of the fish as much as they would. Not just get a little. He said, get all you want. He just stopped with the basket. And you know some of them folks. Hey, wait. And you start, oh, wait, hold on a second, but I ain't done. Hold on. I'm still... You know, when he was coming back around, he called him when he come back around. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm out over here. As much as you would. You think somebody didn't get seconds or thirds? We have eat with church people. They going back to the buffet. They getting a refill. You can count, you can count on it. And he said, and they took as much as they would. And it got all that. It fed everybody. And he got 12 to-go boxes. That's what it says. 12. His mama sent him out with a little sack lunch, and he comes back, you can't even see him. What are you, where did you get that? You're not going to believe me if I tell you. But I just handed my lunch to Jesus, and this is what he did. Oh, and this ain't all. This is what's left. We fed 5,000 people as much as they wanted to eat. And they ate and they took of it and were blessed. And he said, and this is, I've got what I had when I left and I ate too. And now 
put this in the fridge with leftovers. Lunch tomorrow. You know, just food left over. And that's what God will do when you give him. You know, man, your food, it ain't like it is today. Food wasn't just everywhere. And you had food like that. You it was, you know, it might have been one meal a day. It was the difference between him eating. I gotta trust Jesus with my food. With this lunch. I gotta trust him with that. Wow. Look what he'll do when you just give it to him. When you just trust him with it. And so we you know, so we just follow we we're following Jesus. We're taking up the cross daily. You know, so what are, what are we doing? What are we trusting God with? You know, what, what is it that we, uh, well, uh, you know what's valuable to us is us. I mean, the scripture says it, Ephesians 5 and 29 says that no man ever yet hated his own flesh. But he will nourish his flesh, cherish his flesh. And I know he, at this point he's talking, it's a, a lesson in marriage and things like that. But uh, nobody just hates their own flesh. They, they're going to take care of themselves. Self-preservation is big in people. And we're going to make sure we have what we need. We're going to take care of ourselves. But we've got to trust ourselves with God. That God will use our life. That God will use us to work in the kingdom and and you know it's not about well I'm not as educated or I'm not as smart as I'm not as popular I'm not it's none of that for God created man in his image and the promises unto all who are far off even as many as the Lord our God has called it whosoever will let him come for God so loved the world and he gave so it's for everybody and and it tells us in Romans 12 and 1 what do we do? We present our bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. You know what Isaac was? He was a sacrifice. And God blessed. And God provided. And do you think that when you will provide yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, that's our reasonable service. He tries to say, God's not asking for anything out of the ordinary. For what he did and the price he paid, that's your reasonable service. For the gift that he's given you, for blessing you, for filling you, for washing your sins away, for preparing a place where you can be with him forever. All these things and promises he's given and all he asks in return is just be holy because I'm holy. Prepare yourself a living sacrifice. Will you have to lay down some things? Sure you will. Will you have to give up some stuff? Absolutely. Will you have to sacrifice you sure will, because we are a living sacrifice. You know, it's, it's no, if we don't do anything, we're not sacrificing anything. We sacrifice our time. Yeah, we, we sacrifice our, our, our comfort sometimes by fasting and, and spending time in prayer. And, and sometimes we, we sacrifice by giving you know, donations and, and, and and offerings and helping people even financially. You know, people get, boy, you start talking about that money, they start just reaching back and filling the wallet. You know, look, ain't nobody here to shake nobody down. But if, if, you, if you don't think God will ask you to bless somebody sometimes, he will. And, uh, and man, it'll come back to you so fast you won't know what to do. You, you, you'll always get it back. But even the disciples that followed him realized uh, he, Jesus taught them a lesson because they, they let him know one time, hey, 
Mark chapter 10 and 28, he said, you know, uh, Lord, uh, we left all and followed you. We left what we loved and followed you. We left our homes. We left our businesses. We left, some of us left wives. You know, we left all to follow you. And Jesus said, well, I tell you this. Nobody has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels. You didn't do all that, but you will receive a hundredfold now in this time. Your life will be a hundred times better serving God. He said, you'll receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution and in the world to come, eternal life. You're never going to do something, give your life to God, and God just say, now you're going to be a pauper, and you're going to be kicked around like an old stray dog, and you're never going to have anything. You're going to be hated and never loved, and, and you're just going to be miserable until I come get you. Now, some people live like that, and that's the saddest thing I've ever seen for someone who has experienced what God uh, can give and then live like Nothing ever happened. Oh, my goodness, man. God has washed your sins away and filled you with the Holy Ghost and, and give you great people in your life and give you a church to worship in and, and the promise of him to come. What is What have we ever got to just grumble about down here? I remember Brother Hart, he said, this guy told me, he was whining one day and crying in church. He said, yo, Brother Hart, life just ain't fair. He said, what ain't fair? about being filled with the Holy Ghost. What ain't fair about having your sins washed away? He said, you know, you can, he said, if you want to look at life like that, you can. But Brother Evar didn't look at life like that. He used to sing that old song, Keep on the Sunny Side of the Street. And, uh, you know, he, he just believed that you, he quoted it so many times, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, it, yeah, it doesn't matter that you won't, mean you won't have trials or tests. He said, but, Man, serve God with gladness because something else is coming. So we've got to trust this faithful God that he will provide, that he'll do exceedingly above all I can ask or think. God will do it. But you've got to trust him with what you love. You've got to trust him with what he's given you and believe that God can use it and God can bless it and quit uh, label putting these labels on yourself that you're unworthy of it, that you, you're not good enough for it, that, you know, you know who was Abraham? He, he, he wasn't a king. You know, he wasn't the richest man in the land. Or you know, he didn't say, he just, that's what God calls Abram. He says, come on, let's, let's build something right here. Let's start something. And he called him out. And Abram just had faith and walked and went and did Okay, had Abram ever heard the voice of God? Didn't say he had. But all of a sudden there's a voice coming out of the sky. He realized, that's God. I'll do what he said. And now Abram became Abraham, and Abraham's the father of us all, according to Scripture, because he's the father of faith. He was a friend of God. I mean, look at all the things he was simply because he trusted God with it. We've got to trust God with, with what he's given us. Let's stand together tonight. I, I, not very long tonight, just a thought from the scripture because we, we, we hold back. We sit back, and I hate seeing people with 
potential sit on their hands. <laughs> I hate people with potential to just bury their talents, man. I, this is where, you, you know, we live in a time where you just go for God. And in any church, anywhere, there's always something to be done. There's always somebody to pray for, to reach for uh, outside these walls. It, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, well, I don't know, you know, what I can do in church. Well, you know, eventually there's enough, you know, people, positions get filled. And so, you, but why is our focus limited to in here? Do you know you work for the church outside these walls? You work for the church at your job. You work for the church when you're in town or on vacation or somewhere. And you, you, know, you might meet somebody in another city, talk to them, tell them about the Lord. They say, well, I wish I lived in Georgia because you know, that's, I'd like to come to your church. Well, I know a church in this state. You ain't offending nobody around here by sending them to a church that's where they live. Tell them, to, hey, I'll find a church for you. I'll find you a church that preaches truth. I, you know, we're building the kingdom everywhere. You know, and uh, some, somebody's got to be harvesting people and bringing them in, inviting them. That's working for the kingdom. Be a soul winner. You know, if, I mean, that, that's what God called us for, to be fishers of men. Be a soul winner. Trust God with it. You can trust God with what you love. I just, I, over and over, I just kept hearing the Lord say that. Trust me with what you love. You know, I love this church, so I trust him with it. I pray, Lord, have your way in this church. I love this church. I love these people. Have your way. Show me what to do. Tell me what to say. Tell me, give me what to preach. Give me words that will feed us because I, I trust you with the people you've put here. I trust you with this ministry. So I know I could dig through and find something and you know, it might be exciting, might be whatever, but, but it would just be me. So I listen to the Lord. Lord, what do you want to say? Here, here, here's my fish and loaves. But you feed everybody. You put your touch on it so it will feed everybody, you know. I want the Lord to touch it. So as we open the altar tonight, just come find a place and pray for a few moments. And just whatever it is, just lay it on the altar tonight. Just like Abraham laid Isaac on the altar say Lord here's that gift here's that calling here's that ministry here's that loved one here's that situation you know here's my marriage here's my kids whatever it is that you love come lay it on the altar tonight lay it down before God then take your hand off of it and watch God bless it
you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you, you can trust God with it. You may not see it first. You, know, you, may, you may find yourself a lot like Isaac was. Hey, what's going on here? And, you know, before Abraham ever saw it, he said, God will provide. I'm sure he was looking around. Hey, Abraham was human too. We speak faith a lot of times and then we start going, okay, now where is it at? <laughs> but what I'm telling you is that God will provide. And you might not see the answer for it yet, but it's coming if you trust God with it. It's going to be there. No, well, I hope God will send something. I hope maybe we'll find something on the way up. He just said, God will provide. God will provide. And that's the way we've got to be is that God's going to provide. An answer, a way, a healing, a deliverance. God, somehow God's going to provide because that's who he is. You know, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. That's who he is. My God shall supply all your need. God's going to provide through Christ Jesus. It's, it's going to happen. Well, you know that? I know God. I know what God does. God's faithful. Yeah. Well, you hang yourself out there like that, Pastor. You might end up looking foolish. Or you just might get your miracle. You know, you can, you can spin it how you want to, but uh, a lot of people that, I'm sure they thought, I'm going to look pretty foolish with about 85 barrels in one little bottle of oil. And I'm about to put a drop in one of them. And she's still pouring. Still pouring. She's in that room just like, I can't believe this. I just can't believe this. I cannot believe it. It's still, it's still going. It's still going. And she's so happy. She's ready to keep pouring. Give me another vessel. That's it. Well, okay. But I still got this bottle. She probably never used that bottle again. She probably put a cap on it and said, mm-mm. <laughs> Man, that's, I'm going to remember that, but, you know, it wasn't like all of a sudden a hundred barrels of oil just exploded on the scene. It was one vessel at a time because all she had was one bottle of oil. So it was one vessel at a time to get to what she needed. So don't rush God. Just realize you're making progress. God's doing something. Every one barrel, two barrels, one cup, one bucket, you know, whatever. God's working, you know, just like that, just like that. You know, every day, it didn't say that, that barrel of meal filled up. It just said every day she reached in it, there was enough to eat. You know, man, I could feel the bottom of the barrel, but did you eat? I did. <laughs> I can't argue with that. You know, just got to trust God that he's going to come through every day. She, With her eyes, she could probably look and think, there ain't no way we're going to eat another day, but we did. And sometimes you can't see that you're going to make it another day, but you do. How will I get through this day? God, he'll bring you through. You just give it to God and trust God, and you're going to make it through. You're going to get your miracle. Amen. Isn't God good to us like that? Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise in this house. I trust the Lord tonight. Thankful. Don't bury that talent. Just 
Go out there and be bold with it. Use it for the Lord. God will bless it. Amen. Praise God. All right, this Wednesday, I guess we'll see you guys on Sunday, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Going to be a great service. Invite somebody to church with you. Tell them how good God is, and let's see the Lord just bless some people. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight.